Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 19. We've just had a fantastic week of paddle in Paris at the Roland Garros complex. And obviously, as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, Hugo. Hugo, it's great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Gons. Indeed, it was a sensational tournament over in Paris last week and well so many different things to discuss obviously it's very sad we won't have a big well any tournament this week but what is very exciting is that the next tournament will be the World Paddle Tours Madrid Master in two weeks time and courtesy of Mother Lopez we (laughs) will both be going to watch the final which is epic. And yeah, thanks again, Gons, because I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, don't worry. I'll thank, uh, I'll thank my mom on your behalf. But yes, uh, that is obviously great news and I can't wait for it. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. I haven't watched... I've watched a few professional matches live, but not a World Paddle Tour event or Premier Paddle event. So very excited. And obviously the final should be one of the best games, if not the best game of the week. So, yeah, can't wait, to be honest. I just really hope Boya and Dabia make it to the final ah. because they're the ones I really want to watch. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they make it to the final, but, you know, potentially don't make it too quick of a final. Agreed, agreed. A three-setter ending up in a tie break in the third set would be perfect, wouldn't it? Exactly. But uh, maybe let's not get a- ahead of ourselves just yet. And uh, we've obviously just had Paris uh, gone by. Uh, and as usual, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a review. And uh, yeah, so let me start with you, Hugo. I guess, um, what are your highlights and uh, I guess lowlights or disappointments from this? Uh, it was a major, right? Yeah, this uh, Paris major. It was indeed. It was the Paris major. Title sponsored by Greenwees, which I'd never heard of the company, but they're a French e-commerce company. And I think they sell groceries and other things like that. So, yeah, for anyone who's curious from where the names come from, that's it. <laughs> and also maybe just one second, because uh, on, on the sponsors topics, actually, something that I didn't notice, which I thought was quite interesting, was the Nets sponsored by Alpine, Sim, uh, the Formula One team. Uh, something that I've never seen before in any other tournaments, I think, like the actual nettings being uh, sponsored. So, yeah, just thought I, w- I would quickly throw that in there. Agreed. I always find branding and sponsorship branding really interesting. And that's the first time I've seen it on paddle nets. I have seen it on tennis nets, for example. So US Open, I believe Wimbledon potentially as well. Well, definitely Roland Garros because they have Renault moment as their net as the net sponsor in tennis um but yeah it's the first time i've seen it in paddle and great to see that more and more brands are investing in what is in my eyes the fastest growing sport in the world (laughs) so yeah but just to kick off you know what i'm gonna start with the low light this time in order to build towards the highlight which hopefully is a more positive way to end the summary Two lowlights for me, and both of them not really because of the outcome slash result, but more just the feeling. So 
Firstly, I think the biggest low light for me was the way Lebron and Galan lost to Paquito Chingoto in the semi-finals. I know that at the end of the day, Lebron's still getting back to his level. They've had a really tough season. And they actually won last week's World Paddle Tour event in Finland. So it's not all doom and gloom for Lebron and Galan. But I did feel that Paquito and Chingoto won very convincingly because they won 6-4, 6-2. And it just seemed like the connection between Lebron and Galan was a bit off. I don't really know why, but Galan seemed to be really nervous. Well, not nervous, but he was really hard on himself when he made mistakes. It almost seemed like he he had a lot of pressure on him because maybe because Lebron's not playing at his best yet. And this was what I actually mentioned a few hours ago, Gons, that I wanted to just drop in and kind of gather your thoughts. Yeah, you've I'm getting completely caught me by surprise here uh, my first thought is are you hinting something here well i've got to be honest i this is a bold shout and i still think that and Galan are very much the best possible partners for each other but i do feel that that connection's slightly off they've obviously had a really tough season and well now Uruguay is the number one in premier battle as well as of this week given that he won the Paris major. Obviously, Dabia is obviously still ranked sixth or seventh because obviously he was playing with Sanya Gutierrez last season. They didn't fare very well in the battle. But anyway, I just have a feeling that if this season keeps going the way it is, will Galan and Lebanon consider ending their partnership and going for something new? Wow. I just want to drop it out there. <laughs> wow. This is honestly an A-bomb that you just dropped down here, honestly. I mean, as I say, I do think that they are the the best possible partners for each other at the moment because obviously Tabi and Goya aren't going to split unless something very strange happens, and I doubt this will be the best world. But maybe you know they were number ones in the world for over three and a half years, World Paddle Tour, and they've just lost the number one spot in Premier Paddle, and it just seems like that their relationship's a bit off. I was seeing. Galan's, well, I read Galan's post about the last week in Paris. He didn't even tag Lebron. Maybe I'm reading into <laughs> it a bit too much, but it just seems a bit off. So, well, but, we'll see. I do think, yeah. No, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely keep a very keen eye on them in the next uh, tournaments going forward. And obviously, if they do make the final in Madrid, then we will be there and we'll be spotting them, seeing their every move to see if something is off. But I think you do you do raise some very good points. Obviously, it's been a very challenging season for them. But ultimately, it's probably the first time where they've had like real opposition and real, let's just say, bad moments uh historically they've just really cruised through the whole tour so i would just be very surprised if they sort of didn't give it a try i know that nowadays obviously people jump off pairs and players very quickly uh, but i do feel that after all that they've gone through as you sort of alluded to as well, I think from just a pure paddle perspective, I don't see any feasible pairs for each of them that would sort of make them better than they are now and sort of definitely challenge 
Tatian Coelho or even Stupan Dineno. I just don't see a path, a path for them. Like, for example, let's say Ale goes back with John and Lebron pairs up with Paquito, which they've done in the past. But I still don't see them necessarily. Those pairs are better off than just Ale and Lebron. Unless, obviously, as you sort of say, the relationship is just completely burned and they they just don't sort of want to play for each other. But I do think that they are from yeah, from a power perspective, they're definitely the the pair that can sort of just get the best out of each other. And I do think that given that this is sort of like the first real setback that they've had, that they would want to try out and really see if they can get back on top. Then if that doesn't happen or the sustained period of just underachieving, then I guess yeah, obviously the options are always there to to change. I mean, I totally agree. This is a bold shout. It's not what I really think is going to happen. But I've just kind of seen a few signals. Maybe I've misinterpreted them. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But Galan just seemed very on edge, like a lot of pressures on him and the pair. And he seemed quite upset in his post when he was talking about the week, saying that, you know, another week where they've not achieved what they wanted to achieve, etc., etc. So it just seemed a bit negative. Could just be a bad moment, bad few weeks. Lebron, on the other hand, seemed relatively complacent in his post, which for him, given he's so competitive, probably the most competitive on the tour, also seems surprising. So I do agree. I really hope they stay together because they've done so well together. They've really, well, dominated for the past three and a half years before Goya Tapia decided to join up. And I still think they can very much challenge Goya and Dabia. And they're probably the best pair out there to do so. I know the Spirit Beavers as well. But I think Lebron and Galan's peak is probably higher than Stupan Dineno's, at least in my eyes. So if they do both get back to their level, then I'm sure they will challenge Goya and Dabia. It's just whether a relationship gets burned. And it's not a bad thing. I just think it happens. I mean, we've sure. seen it in Sanyo and Momo, but hey, I'm not going to delve into that topic too much yet. In terms of the other major upset, obviously Momo and Sanyo. Again, not because they lost to Goki and John, because Goki and John playing sensationally well, more just the feelings on the court. They just seemed, they played a really good first set. They even had a match point, ended up losing at 7-5. But the second set, they just lost their heads and they were completely out of the game. And it's not that Gokki and John were doing anything special in the second set. So, yeah, those would be my two low lights. How about you, Gons? Yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't expecting the, the, first, uh, the first one. As I said, you sort of dropped the bomb. And uh, can you give me a date of when you think it will happen? Just to quickly finish it off. It won't happen before the end of the year. Oh, but okay. I think that if... They don't win in any more win any more tournaments. Maybe they just win one more tournament and don't make that many finals. It could happen at the end of the year. Who knows? It also depends on other partnerships, how other partners, pairs are faring, etc. But hey, I've gone for it. <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah, people here, you have it. Lorona and Galante split by the end of the year. <laughs> Who knows? But, who knows? I really hope they don't because I love that partnership, but who knows? But um, 
All right. Yeah. So I guess my my low light would be Stupan Dineno. Uh, just I think obviously they lost in the first round. They did lose to uh, who was it to again? Was it uh, Leal and Diestro, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Indeed. And I think more than the similar to what you were saying, more than the loss itself, because nowadays you can really just lose against anyone. And you can, and obviously taking into account that they, they've just, it was their first sort of tournament back from the summer break, given uh, the injuries that they've had. I think it's just the way that they did it in, because normally I think one thing that sort of really defines this pair is that willingness to fight for every ball. And they've had so many situations in the past where they've just maybe not been playing the greatest. Uh, but saved countless match points, being broken and then breaking back. So this time around, that attitude like side of, of the pair didn't really show up at all. So uh, yeah, I would definitely say for them, that would be sort of my, uh, sort of my, my low light of the tournament would definitely be uh, Los Super Pibes, who up to this point of the year had been absolutely remarkable. And if I'm not mistaken, made minimum semifinals every tournament. So uh, So yeah. That would be that would be it from me. Uh, any comments on that? To be honest, I could have mentioned them as well. It's just given that I was actually talking to you during the week, and I remember mentioning that I thought LeBron was playing better. It looked like they were getting back to their level, and it's just that such a big loss, such a big match against Tingo Don Baguita, who yes, they've been consistent, but I don't think their ceiling has been that that high although I do do think Paquito probably played the best match of his season against Galán. so yeah but that's basically why I've gone for them but I totally agree really surprising that the Super Vives lost against Diestro and Leal particularly because Diestro and Leal have only just started playing together I do think they're a good pair but I don't see them breaking into that top eight, really. I don't think they're going to have the consistency. I still think Leal has got to improve the mental side of his game. He's got all the shots. He's a sensational player and he'll definitely be one of the top five players at some point in his career. And Diestro is a very, very solid player with a lot of experience and very smart on the court. But, yeah, losing to them in two sets, if I'm not mistaken, 6-2, 6-4 or 6-4, yeah. 6-2, something like that. Very convincing and it's a shame, but to be honest, are we being too harsh? I mean, this is probably the season where, because the Super Vives and Boyan Dabia have basically made the finals, bar a few due to injuries and one or two surprises, they probably spoiled us. And we've started thinking that it's normal to just not lose random matches. But it is super normal. Like, Real Madrid don't win every match in La Liga. They'll drop points against all sorts of teams. So why can't the Super Bibes lose against a solid pair ranked amongst the top 10 to 15 pairs in the world? Is that it? Maybe it is, but I agree. I was very surprised and it is a little bit. Yeah, I think you do raise a fair point. I think potentially they're just victims of their own standards and expectations that they've built, right? If if you're a, if 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 you've been playing all season and you've only gone to the semi-finals onwards and won a bunch of titles 
the tournament that you lose the first round, I think will obviously be front and center of, of everyone just because uh, of, I guess, your the resume that, that you've built. But 100% agree with you that, yes, obviously other players play and the paddle tour, the world paddle tour probably, or just paddle in general, is just probably as competitive as, as it's ever been. And the players are just really, really good all the way around, no matter the ranking. So uh, for sure, I think it's uh, something to to take into account, and potentially even these this season we've been even more spoiled in in that sense, as you say, where we've basically had three pairs win all tournaments, and one pair has just won. So out of that three, out of those three pairs, one pair has just won one. So essentially, you've had two pairs winning all tournaments this season, which is completely mad. Exactly. I mean, I haven't seen that in a very long time. Even when Lebron and Galan were dominating, they were still losing tournaments throughout every now and then. So, yeah, they probably just spoiled us, to be honest. <laughs> but exactly. uh, moving on to, to your main highlight, what would it be for you, Gons? Or who would it be? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very interesting question. I think I'm going to go with uh, Koki and uh, John Sant, just mainly because I think that they're just really becoming an established pair. And for anyone that thinks that they're just underdogs or or they can, yeah, or, or they're just like a fringe, like say contender or something like that, I do think that that is not the case. And uh, I genuinely believe that everyone should really rate them and sort of expect them to be in minimum quarterfinals with even the potential to win. I do think that against Tapian Coelho, they just the matchup probably doesn't suit them very well. And especially in like a, fast, a faster court and stuff like that, this is, is, yeah, it's almost like a cheat code, like uh, Coelho and Tapia is just impossible to play against them. But, uh, but I do think that against any other pair, uh, honestly, I if you even if you say Lebron Angalan against Koki and John, I could it's almost like a 50-50 to me uh, at the beginning of the match. So so yeah, I think that's just massive credit to them and uh, shows the progress that both of them had this year. Totally agree. I they are definitely one of my two highlights. They're not the number one ranked highlight for me, which I'll mm-hmm. reveal in a second. But just to delve a bit deeper into Koki and John, just what a pair. I'm just so happy that two players that have actually quite a similar way of seeing paddle and playing paddle have joined up. And they're just so fun to watch. I think other pairs are actually starting to fear them now. I yeah. reckon Momonsanya went into the match against them thinking, we're the underdogs. And that's yeah. how well Koki and John have been playing. And I actually think that right now, they're the fourth best pair. I would actually say that if I had to bet on Pakiton Chingoto or Koki and John to win a tournament, I would actually go and Koki. I would actually go and bet on Koki and John right now, just because they've got that little edge. Yeah, they're still quite unpredictable because pairs probably haven't figured them out completely, and they're just electric. So. Yeah, great to see that they're doing so well. 
great for Paddle that there's another pair really pushing and trying to break into that top three. And, well, my biggest highlight, to be fair, is Paquita Huh. The match he played against Lebron and Galan was sensational. Yeah, it was Genuinely, unreal. I think it's probably his best game this season. Would you agree? Yeah, without, without a doubt. And he's had very good ones as well. I remember Rome. He has. Obviously, they've got to the final as well. Yeah, yeah but to, to Paris was sensational. He was just so good. He was really smart. There were a lot of points where he had to take a big risk to beat Lebron and Galan. I wouldn't say by himself, but at the net, mostly by himself, because Chingoto is more of a back-of-the-court dog, as per se, running around the ball, chasing it, not making any unforced errors. And Bakito was taking the risks. And honestly, there was a point in the match, it almost felt like he couldn't, he couldn't miss. And Lebron Galan were just losing their heads. He definitely won that cross-court battle against Galan, which are very big words given how good Galan is. And he seems to be in his best moment in terms of fitness as well, which I think is key. And it's really, really helping him deliver these results. So Paquito for me, as the biggest highlight. Yeah. Completely fair enough. I'll definitely accept that highlight. <laughs> and well, maybe if you agree, we could move on to the other big topic that we want to talk about today, which is not just pair changes generally, which have kicked off big time, at least in my eyes, but specifically the end of Sanyol Diref and I'm sure a lot of fans will be upset to hear that, but they announced a couple of days ago after the Paris Major that they will no longer be playing together. Daniel Gutierrez has decided to team up with Agustin Gutierrez, so we'll see what that partnership brings. Hopefully it will reinstate a bit of positiveness to Sanyo's mind. And Momo González, on the other hand, has decided to team up with El Metralleta Javi Garrido and start playing on the forehand side of the court, which is, wow, surprising and really exciting to see. Gons, what are your initial thoughts on, well, probably just the end of Momo Antonio? Yeah, I think uh, it's obviously... Well, to be fair, you did call it, and uh, it's never like it wasn't really that surprising. But at the same time, when it actually happens, it is just crazy surprising. And uh, but obviously, I think the the real news of this split is the fact that Momo's going on the ride and playing with Garrido. But I think by pairing up with Garrido, he's clearly going after what he lacks, which is sort of that real aggressiveness and the ability to play just smash it really. Uh, and he did mention in, in an interview actually released today with Veinte uh, Diez that he said him and Sanjo just had very similar play styles where they would both sit back quite a lot. And uh, Momo was trying to be that person going up front and really being aggressive and staying a lot at the net. But he did mention that that wasn't his style and that 
ultimately is sort of what led to just, I guess, the demise of the pair. But uh, yeah, I think re I'm really excited to see the pair. Honestly, I think it'll be great. I'm very curious to see how Momo adapts to the right. I think he's got definitely the capabilities in terms of defensively and his physical, like he's just phys physically, he's a beast. He can run around the court all day. And defensively, we know how good he is. It's just, let's just see how he can adapt. I think more in terms of like tempo and managing that, um, I'd like to see his lobs maybe develop a bit more, which I don't think necessarily is like his strongest point. And obviously being on the right, you really need to be able to control that. Um, both being able to play out far in the field and also short and really manage the timings there. And something which with Paquito said as well, which for example, he struggled with, which was just being able to anticipate shots. Like you can, you can be good at executing the shot, but what makes you great is just being able to anticipate it and knowing that, yeah, that shot, that that ball is going to be there and you do the certain shot that you need to do. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, having said all of that, like I said, very, very excited. Uh, I think it will be a very cool pair to watch. Uh, on Sanja's side, I think going with his nephew, Agustin Gutierrez, is, I just don't really know why. Um, Agustin, I, I actually checked earlier, has made two quarterfinals this uh, this year. So he's ranked 40. So he's not obviously not, let's just say, the best player out there um, in, in terms of what is available. And I'm sure that Sanjo can, given his, his form, like he's still a very good player. And I'm sure he still wants to compete uh like what what he's looking for so i do think that i mean i'd be very surprised if they finished the year uh together to be honest uh unless like unless there are no other like major changes but uh, i'm sure sanjo is going to be on the top of a lot of left-sided players uh wish list to play with and i'm sure that he'll be available if that good right opportunity comes totally agree and to be honest i couldn't have broken down the new pairs any better. But just to add a few points regarding Sanya's partnership with Agustin Gutierrez, I totally agree. I still think Sanya is a few levels above Agustin at the moment and potentially will always be a few levels above him. I, I'm very surprised that that's been decided. That's the pair going forward. And to be honest, I. The question is, do we know whether has he mentioned? Because I was thinking, Sanyo, surely he's tried to go for someone else. I'm surprised that he didn't go for Deyo. It could be that Deyo received the call and said, actually, I want to keep on playing with Alex Reith until the end of the season because. He doesn't want to break up that partnership. But I totally agree. I think Sanyo is definitely at the top of a lot of backhand players' lists. I'm sure a lot of backhand players want to play with Sanyo. He's a legend of the game. And when he's in form, sometimes he's almost unplayable because he can do everything. He can even smash the ball and bring it back to his side of the court. So very surprising that he's gone with Alstein. But Sanyo is a legend of the game, as I've just said. And... Who knows, he might know more than us and he might actually think that he can fare well with Agustin Gutierrez. And then regarding Momo and Garrido, I'm really excited to watch them together. 
I remember a few months ago, actually, they were training together. And there were a few videos on Instagram with Momo playing on the forehand side of the court and everyone got a bit excited. And I believe at that point, we may have mentioned in one of our podcasts that we could see Momo moving to the forehand side of the court at some point in his career because of his attributes. Obviously, he's very fit, very fast. He's very, very good defensively, probably better defensively than offensively, which is, at the end of the day, very important on the forehand side of the court. So, well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, in Momo's interview with Bain de F, and by the way, such a good interview with Bain de F. Their interviews are always really, really good. They get the exclusive from a lot of players, which is great to see. And Momo was brutally honest, to be honest, about his partnership and the end of his partnership with Sanyo. One of the points that I really wanted to emphasize, you just spoke about the fact that he's had to change the way he plays. He's had to push forward and try to be closer to the net, be more aggressive, which is not the way he's traditionally played, which I'm sure has hindered the performance of the partnership with Sanyo. But I also wanted to mention there's a lot of chat and there has been a lot of chat regarding Sanyo's comments asking Momo to be louder on the court and talk more. And Momo was saying that he's never been a big talker, that he's always played, that that's the way he's played forever. And he says that he has to improve that aspect of his game because it's important to give your point of view in a partnership and speak a lot to and with your partner. And he said that he potentially struggled to open up because Sanyo's such a big name in paddle and he's just, he's got such a big personality that that may have been the reason why he struggled to open up and talk more on the court, basically due to Sanyo's reputation. So, yeah, I mean, that would probably be my overview regarding those new partnerships. Last point I want to mention is Momo gave his partnership with Sanyo a 7 out of 10. I completely disagree. What do, what do you think, Gons? What would you give it? Yeah, I disagree as well. I think before they started, both of us sort of had them challenging. When, when all these pair changes came, sort of that, I think it was like March, April, we both had them as definitely challenging for that fourth spot and uh, they are I think way below that and they didn't even make it to the end of the year so I get from his point he's sort of saying like yeah we gave it all and stuff like that so I wouldn't rate it too low but a seven is still like a it's not a decent score as in a sort of a decent score so I'm going to be a bit more harsh and I'm going to say a five but even potentially a four because I don't know. They could have definitely grabbed, I, I mean, maybe not a title, but yeah, just some of the performances were, were bad, but let's just leave it as a, as a five. And let's just say it was a, it was a pass. <laughs> I totally agree. It'd be a four or five for me. I was actually initially going to say four. Then I realized only Lebron and Galan and exactly. managed <laughs> to win a few tournaments because of how good the Bombarderos have been. So maybe a 5 out of 10 is a fairer score. But yeah, definitely not, not a 7 out of 10 in my eyes. And 
actually another point that I did want to mention, I forgot to mention before regarding Momo's interview. He said that the decision was taken by Sanyo. And he said that even though he was also thinking about it after their defeat against Koki and John, he was saying that the feelings on the court weren't very good. He, and very honest in his, just basically to say this, he's being really honest and surprisingly honest, which is great to see. He said that he probably wouldn't have taken the decision to split himself. I was really surprised. Yeah, I think it just reveals a bit more about his character, which uh, he did mention as well. He's very introverted uh, also on the court, like on the court. And I think, as you were mentioning earlier as well, the fact that he was saying how he respected Sanyo so much, which in hindsight potentially could have, I guess, worsened the situation just because he wouldn't say certain things, maybe not to not to piss Sanyo off or just agree with everything Sanyo says. But I think in this situation, maybe that could have also played a factor just simply because like he, you don't want to be the, the one bringing up to Sanyo like, hey, um, I don't think this is working. Should we split? So, uh, so yeah, I think it just reveals about his character. He's, uh, he seems like a super genuine and really nice guy. He was completely honest. He mentioned he, he didn't have any problem in sort of saying the negatives and what he needed to improve and work on. So, uh, so I think, yeah, that just, um, it just reveals more about his character and uh, potentially things that he needs to work on, you know, being more honest with, uh, with the pairs that he's, he's going to be with in, in the future. Agreed. And I really hope he does do well with Garrido and he starts picking up his form a bit because he deserves it. He's such a nice guy. He's a hard worker. You can see he cares. And yeah, I just really like Mama Gonzalez. And I think when he was playing with Alex Reef, such an entertaining pair to watch. And they worked so well. And they were so in sync. I wouldn't be surprised if they got back together someday. I mean, before, I don't know how, how clear I was before regarding the fact that I was surprised that Sanyo hasn't called Deyo to try and partner up with him. Who knows? Maybe he has, as I said. And, there you yeah. said no I'll stick with Alex for now but well interestingly I don't know if you noticed but in the interview with Ventedier Momo did say he had options and they actually did ask him they were like oh we're not going to involve any names so the players don't get in trouble which I thought was quite funny to be honest uh, that there's obviously this sort of black market going on in the background or whatever uh, <laughs> but uh, of, of player swappings and and pair changes but uh but yeah it's uh could could one of the players have been going back with alex for example as one of the i definitely think so i definitely think so particularly because that's a pair that's not been doing as well as we expected them to do yeah and as i say sanya could have easily called up Deyo. i could definitely see them playing together we've mentioned it a few times already during yeah. our podcasts and I could definitely see Alex and Momo pairing up again because it's probably been the peak of both of their careers. They haven't played any better when they were playing together. So I'd love to see that happen again at some point. But still very excited to watch Garrido and Momo. And also Sanyo and Agustin. As I said before, Sanyo is a very smart guy. And who knows, maybe he sees something that we don't see and they start doing really well. 
knows. Yeah, for sure. That is that is for sure. But uh, yeah, I think this wraps up today's episode. Uh, it's always it's been a pleasure to have you on, Hugo. I think we've had some very interesting topics of discussion, and yeah, I'm still sort of dizzy from from what you've dropped uh, earlier in the pod. But uh, yeah, I hope uh, all our listeners enjoy, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, it is a bomb. Who knows whether it'll happen, but I just thought I'd go for it. And actually, one last quick point. Keep an eye out for another new pair in Lucas Campagnolo and Juan Luis Esbury, who've recently teamed up. Juan Luis Esbury has decided to part ways from Edu Alonso. They were doing so well this season. So, But Campagnolo is such a good forehand player. And very excited to see how they fare because I genuinely think they can push to be in that top 10 pairs. So, yeah, just keep an eye out for them, guys. But all the best and have a great week. See, see you all soon.